and I was obviously feeling it very intensely because you know it's it's a lot to juggle as as one person so at a certain point you start to feel inadequate like you're failing and you can't keep up and then you come to a point where you're like but it's time to reevaluate everything. Like, what am I doing? Why am I really doing it? Who is it for? You know? Welcome to the Co-Create Cafe. This is a space where we get curious about expanding our mental freedom, listening to our soul, and co-creating our best life. Join me and my guests as we explore living intentionally and discovering more choice in our everyday. I'm Esty Raskin. I'm excited to have Devorah Bookit on the Co-Create Cafe today. Devorah is an all-around creative genius and someone I really look up to for her artistry, as well as her solid sense of staying true to her own style and her own values, no matter what everyone else is doing. Devorah was an event designer for many years and recently shifted careers to interior design. And she also runs two incredible gamachs here in Crown Heights. Devorah, thank you for being here. Can you start by telling us about your career shift? And what was the internal shift that led you to make a change? My name is Devorah Bookett, as you shared, and I currently doing interior design. That's my official job title at the moment. But a few years ago, I actually started that full time, probably after my son's bar mitzvah, which was in March. That was when I decided to take it on as a full-time thing. So after Pesach, realistically, because that was two weeks before Pesach. So just this year? So just started this year taking it on full-time, but I was already doing it beforehand. I already had clients that I've been working on with a few years that even started during my past event planning career, which I'll tell you a little bit more about. So it's not, it wasn't like a new thing all of a sudden. It really kind of was a progression into it that kind of made sense, but now it's solely the interior design aspect of it. I've been doing event planning. Before that, I was doing event planning for 10 years. I started that at that son's, after that son's upshernish. So it was mm. from his upshernish to his bar mitzvah. That's cute. <laughs> Three, four years ago, I was holding at a point where I needed to, to step back. So I guess I'll give you a little backtrack, yeah. you know, the context to how we got to there. So like I said, I started the event planning 10 years ago. I had a three-year-old, a one-and-a-half-year-old, and I was pregnant, eight months pregnant with my third at the time. Hashem, I have four now. So that was what how it started. It was very like quick decision, not something that took a lot of time and processing, unlike the next stage of my life that did take a lot of thought process. Wait, what was that going on at that point? That's when you decided to start the event planning? Yeah, this was the event planning point. You just jumped into it. So yeah, it was, you know, I was offered the opportunity with with a caterer at the time. And I was like, sure, I was thinking about it. I was living in an apartment. I had little babies. I was pregnant. I had no car. It made so much sense. (laughs) (laughs) So so I said, yes. Anyway, so that was that. But then... You know, and and they were young, but I can hire, you know, help and and nannies and and that kind of thing. And they were they were still able to be cared for without it having to specifically be me always, every single Mm -hmm. time. So, you know, if I had to miss a night of bedtime, if I had to miss a morning, if I had to, you know, miss an afternoon or whatever it was, it didn't have to be me. So as long as they were eating and, and being cleaned and playing and having all that stuff, uh, you know, a safe adult that they got accustomed to was fine. 
So, cause but, this was a very, the hours in this business are just like crazy hours. Is that what it was? Yeah. The hours are like, they're definitely around the clock. Cause if, even if you're not setting up, you're always planning and preparing for the next thing, running errands, picking up, dropping off, you know, that kind of thing. But then the hours of the event themselves are a full day, whether it's a morning event, a night event, a middle day event, it was always like a full day thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it just took time. And if it was an evening event, then you get home at three in the morning. And if it was a, a morning brisk and you leave at 4 a.m., you know, like there's always right. all kinds of scenarios like that. It wasn't every single day that there were events, like I said, but, you know, there's so much. And then the next, like if you had that event, then the next morning you're like a little knocked, but the show must go on. So, you know, you just, you do what you got to do. So it is, it takes up a lot of like, your time that you would maybe be with family or your, your dinner times or your breakfast times or your, you know, so it does take Mm -hmm. up a lot of that. So at a certain point, as they were getting a little older, around like six years old, when, you know, they started to understand more, they started asking me like, oh, why do you have to go? Why do you have to go if I had to leave like in the middle of something or if I would stop in and come back for something quickly and then say, okay, I have to head back out. And it's like, oh, why do you have to leave again? Why are you going? Where are you going? Why are you going again? So, you know, that kind of, questioning started to come up and when that started happening I started to think like what is you know where is this going but uh, I was still in a mode like I'm doing this up we're growing this like this business is growing it's it's getting somewhere we're doing you know this is the process this is a stage so I didn't I wasn't at a place yet that I was even thinking about any kind of you know next step in life Mm -hmm. but it definitely started to put thoughts in my mind. So, you know, I would ask them, I say like, I could stay home and not work and then, you know, and, and be home, but, or I could also keep working and, you know, we can use the, the money to buy more extra things that you guys like and whatever. And like, the truth is I wasn't, when I think about it, I wasn't trying to do that in a way where it's like, the more I think about things, the more, I'm like, oh gosh, like, what was that intention? But I wasn't coming from a place where it was like money versus people, but more from a place like if I work, then I could provide, you know? Mm -hmm. Was it also like the job, like very creatively fulfilling for you? Is that part of it? Exactly. Yeah. That was the reason why I did it because I, I appreciate using my skills and my talents. I wasn't really thinking about it from the money. When they asked that, I, you know, I mentioned, like I would say, you know, we, we can do the things that you like, we can get the things you like, whatever. Now, when I think about that question, that comment, I kind of like cringe to myself because I feel like it's a little bit of a skewed, like it could go the wrong direction. It could, it could come off as like money more important than relationship you know, money more important than bond, even though that wasn't my intention where I was coming from. It wasn't about that money. It was kind of like the money, like framing it in that way is kind of a way to make it seem like, or maybe just to frame it in a way of like, this business has something to do with you guys, the kids, right? Whereas maybe it didn't really, but like, if you were talking to them about it, like that was a point of connection between them and you running, you know, doing this business. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's definitely, you know, a way of bringing them into it to make them understand and maybe like be able to to go along with it because of that. It's interesting Mm -hmm. because Um, 
sometimes we're like, like really what it sounds like is that doing this business was more of like, like we were saying, like creatively fulfilling for you more than like, oh, we need money. So I have to be working, you know, doing this thing. And it's, we kind of don't allow, I'm saying this, like, I, I see this in myself also and in other creatives, it's like our creative fulfillment doesn't feel as valid to us as like almost like an excuse to be away from our family as like the money part. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if we have to like explain ourselves, like, Oh, it sounds like the money thing is more of, is like a better excuse or a better justification in our minds than like our personal fulfillment. Yeah. I mean, I, I never, went into things in like I did a lot of different little jobs (laughs) all in like the creative uh world you know but I I never did them because of the money part specifically what happened was it was it was like this is what I can do and this is like I'm good at and then someone would say oh can you do this for me and I'm like oh sure might as well turn it into a business because if I'm already doing it and I like doing it I might as Mm -hmm. well make some money but I feel like that's was that's always like my my mindset Obviously, I believe in, you know, I know that we need to provide, you know, like we need Arnesa to provide, but I also feel like it's important to do the things that we like and Mm -hmm. we are good at, you know, and not just fill time with work just to, just to pay the bills. Right. So I always felt like if I can do something that I like and make money also with it, then let me do it that way. Because mm-hmm. I've done like nine to fives. I really couldn't handle it. I yeah. like organize the offices and like, and clean up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm done now. Huh? Like, okay. And so. some people like, some people are fulfilled enough, like being with their kids yeah. and mothering. And some people just aren't. Right. Well, I always felt like I needed to do something. I always feel like, so when I wasn't working, I would start doing something on the right. side because I needed to just like be busy with my hands and, you know, my mm-hmm. mind, my creativity needed to flow. And then it would just turn into something <laughs> at points like um, when it was really busy during the events or career, I would say like, how, how come I don't know how to just like stop, you know? And, and I would think I'm like, oh, I can use like two months off to do nothing, but then, or I can use a whole year to stop working. And then but then I would think about it and I realized like every time I wasn't working, I started again. Right. So you wanted to be working, like felt good for you. Yeah. It's something that I needed and I love being with my kids. We would do is like, I would, I would take them out for a mommy day. I would take them off. They each schedule it. They each had their own day. We would go somewhere that they wanted to go somewhere. They wanted to do something that they were interested in. I would find the place and we would schedule it. So it was like, you know, a set appointment. We made time for it. It was like part of the, the schedule, just as any of my other errands that for, you know, work work. Mm-hmm. And we would do that. And it was, you know, it was really cute. I love doing things with them. I look at videos when they were little and I'm like, I was so patient and calm. <laughs> Play-Doh. It's like pregnant with this one and I'm making Play-Doh and I'm pregnant with the next one and I'm doing whatever, baking, uh, I don't know. You know, I was like so calm yeah. and I, I enjoyed that, that aspect of it. But I also realized like creatively, my mind is just like always going and right. I need to be doing something to fill that as well. 
So what was like, when did you start to feel like there was a problem? So I would say, so they would ask, you know, they started to ask that question. And so we started setting up these, like these play dates, you know, a one-on-one day with mommy, things like that, where they would feel at least, you know, that made me think like, okay, me, I need to start separating time for them, you know, if they're not feeling it. So that was great. And I feel like everything is, it could seem like an issue, but then it's also an eye opener, you know, like it's really a gift in the sense that it's an eye opener. My kids needed me more. So it was a wake up, like you need to help them out, you know? I really like that. Yeah. Or even at the beginning of the career, like my husband would, he would be like the schlepper and he would, you know, do all that stuff because I didn't know, I didn't find people yet. I didn't know like where to source. Sometimes they wouldn't show up or whatever it was. And at a certain point, he was like, I didn't sign up for this business. Like I already mm-hmm. have a job. And, right. you know, like at first it was like, ah, but what am I going to do? And I need the help. And then I was like, he's right. It's not his business. He didn't decide, like he didn't ask for this. He's happy to support it and be along, you know, along with it. But like for him to start doing all the work that I, you know, for the business that I'm running when he also has his own job, like, you know, wasn't realistic. So like something's, that sounded like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Really a gift because they were eye openers for me. They so, kind of forced you to look inside and, and figure out a better way. Yeah. I was forced to come up with a real solution to how, you know, work better. And that was, that's part of growth is, you know, taking that criticism, the constructive criticism, but using it to help you grow like as a lesson. So we started doing those outings, which was really cute. And anytime I was home, obviously we would do, all kinds of things. We also host a lot of Shabbos meals. So we made sure at least one Shabbos meal was just us, you know, just the family, even if it's just my siblings or whoever, but at least just family so that we could focus on the kids and their Parsha and their projects and the things that they were doing. And then I started getting involved in their school a lot and, and arranging like a mother to come in once a month and do projects and just different things that they felt like we were, I was there more. And then as they started getting even older, they started commenting about it more. So that then, and then we moved as well. And there was just like a lot going on. So I think like between a lot of the changes, they were feeling it even more. And I was obviously feeling it very intensely because, you know, it's, it's a lot to juggle as, as one person. So at a certain point, you start to feel inadequate like you're failing and you can't keep up and then you come to a point where you're like it's time to reevaluate everything like what am I doing why am I really doing it who is it for you know Mm -hmm. and what are the what are the stakes what's at risk and and who's you know who we sacrificing what's being sacrificed for what right like going back to your priorities and your values that you yeah. can forget about, you know, in the day-to-day. Yeah, very easily forget about in the day-to-day. Yeah. Because there's just like, you sometimes you're just running a hamster wheel, like, okay, now this, now this, now this, now this. And it's like, there's no time to even think. You're just trying to get to the next thing. Yeah, so, so at that point, what happened was I said, okay, it's time to scale back a little bit. Because I also... I had tried to put more help in play so that I could be more available at home and the help could be doing more for me. So I'm not using up all that time. 
But what would happen is anytime I tried to do that, the help situation just didn't stick like it or it wasn't the right fit or it wasn't the it didn't pan out so it was looking for a driver that could always like shut the stuff back and forth or you know like mm-hmm. that oh, for the business every, for the business, business and okay. for home because for me they were one in the same like I needed to know that my kids were being cared for and I needed to be because otherwise like who's going to watch them I wanted to have people doing things for the business so that I could be home as well you know right. it was like a constant battle like how do we find someone that's just reliable sticks they can do it where do you find these people how do they you know like how do they stick and it, was, it wasn't something that I can have full-time either because it wasn't I wasn't doing an event every single day mm-hmm. so it was very complicated and tricky in that way and then eventually I realized okay I think I need to scale back it's just too much like it's not, something's just not working. I decided I'll just stick to weekend events because then I knew my husband was home for sure. I didn't have to worry about childcare. And I, I said, I'll stick to existing clients because I already know how they work. They know who I work. Like it's, it's a quicker process. You know, mm-hmm. You're not like learning their style and, you know, it re-explaining how you're, how you do things. Like it's, it's an easier process. And then I started, I, I tried to do like a little bit of rental, like I would rent out my props at the times. That was where I came to at that point. I felt like, okay, this is a way for me to cut back a little and slow down and be more available at home. So it felt like the right decision at the time. I was not ready to give it up yet. It was, it was like a baby for me. It was my child, like it was my baby. I worked so hard on it. I invested so many years into it. I wasn't ready to give it up from that place. And I yeah. also had like, leads to her playing in my mind that you'll be this is like this is a failure Mm -hmm. you can hold down a business you couldn't keep another thing you know you had to like you're you're jumping from the to the next thing so of course there's always those kind of thoughts rotating in my mind that like wouldn't allow me to to just stop I totally know what you mean like I keep seeing for myself, like something that holds me back. It's like, I have this definition in my head that like something that's successful is something that like lasts forever. And I'm just like slowly, slowly waking up to how crazy that is and how I don't even want something that lasts forever because like, I'm so creative that I get bored of things. Like, I'm like, if I build something, like I'll be happy if I'm doing it for like three years or something. Like I have to really work on reframing that because I have this weird definition of how, of what something successful looks like. And yeah, I would have a very hard time letting go of a business that I had worked hard on. So I totally understand what you mean with those kind of thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I think, I mean, I know for myself, a lot of it obviously stems from my, you know, from growing, from the way I grew up, but you know, so in my mind, it seemed like the only way to support a family in a healthy way is for to take a job and stick to it and make it work no matter what. Mm-hmm. Until I became an adult and I'm, you know, the creative adult. And I'm, you know, I like you said, I need to like keep doing different things. And even though I was doing event planning, I was also still doing interior design at the time uh-huh. throughout little projects here and there. And 
designing for you know, children's clothing line for somebody else and just a lot of little projects here and there in between because I love being creative I like to use that that's that part of my my brain it's hard for me to say no to things <laughs> you know to this I'm gonna hold on to this this is like I have a good thing going I'm gonna, we're working right. we're getting somewhere like hold it hold it hold it so those thoughts in my mind were really just uh, they're really just the it's a her like knowing what triggers me and knowing what you know what what's gonna make me torture myself and and obviously affect the, my family and the people that I around all the time and who are suffering in result of my right you know inability to to push past that and to realize that that's not the truth it's not you know there are so many huge businesses that they've gone through different stages in their life they started at this and they changed to this and they changed to that those are not great each one is its own great story it's its own great chapter of life that's you know, it doesn't mean that you're not holding on. And, right. and, and it doesn't say anything you, about you, about your character, correct. right? Yeah, exactly. And I think specifically also as a creative, because that, like, that's how, you, you know, creatives are. It's constantly changing. You know, I can look at my husband and he's very nine to five and he's very, he's very much able to stay in one thing. Like, that's not a, for him, like, that he, he he doesn't understand the jumping around, but because that's not his, you know, the side of his brain that, you know, that he uses. That's not like he's a much more grounded type of person. So for him, it makes sense. But then as I, you know, as I grew older and I'm learning about myself more and I'm realizing it's it's not possible. Like I'm just, I'm just not that person. I'm not cut out for that kind of thing. Right. But as long as I'm being responsible about what I have to do and, and what I'm doing, and, but I have to be honest with myself. If you like these sorts of conversations, you will love my picture book, Spark. Spark is a whimsical modern book that introduces kids and adults to their inner world. Children love the cute illustrations and metaphors, and reading Spark is a great way to start a conversation about feelings, self-empowerment, and the soul. You can get it on Amazon by searching for my name, S.D. Raskin. That's E-S-T-Y-R-A-S-K-I-N. If you like it, leave a review. And I always love hearing your feedback on Instagram. You can find me there at S.D. Raskin. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, I think our culture, like like American culture or whatever, like really glorifies. I think it's changing, but has been glorifying like the study, you know, you can hold down a job. How long can you hold down a job for? And it's like, as creatives, we compare ourselves to that metric and it just doesn't work for everybody. It's like for a creative success or doing well could mean taking on new things, dropping old things. And like staying in the same thing is like, like almost like death for a creative, you know, to stay in something forever. It's like kind of, scary but it's so hard to realize that that's okay it's we're we're not failing we're just different it's just a different kind of strength and a different kind of personality that's just as good or maybe better (laughs) than the other type uh you know so it's something that like the awareness 
that we're comparing ourselves to something that is just completely different than how we're wired is a good first step. It's true because like, you know, if people always ask, what do you do? What do you do? And it's, it's like, who wants to have, well, I was doing this. I was doing that. I did this. I, I'm going into that. I might go into that. It's like, okay, what do you do? You know what I mean? It's not like, it just sounds funny, but why can't it be that we're taking new opportunities as they come? And that's great. And they're being successful as the, each time, because it's an opportunity that comes up at the right time. And that's where we're meant to be. So yeah, it's really about a mind, a perspective. And yeah, um, you mentioned about having this idea of providing for family, like something about having that from childhood. Do you want to talk more about that? Necessarily see always a steady type of work ethic. Mm -hmm. So I think as a, like as a child, for me, it just was like, that's it. You get a job and you work. And I've always done things since I was young. Like I started working in camps when I was 12 to buy myself things that I wanted. And so it was very clear to me, like you work and you make your money and that way you could provide. Obviously everything's from Hashem, but at the time it was just more like in the natural, looking at it from a, a human natural side of it, you have to be, you have to, you know, you work and you provide you work you provide you work you provide it seemed very simple mm -hmm. let's just put it that way I thought I'm so simple like I'll just work and I'll provide and that's that but then as an adult I realized like I'm not like how complex I am and how many facets I have to me and I'm not just such a you know you work provide type of person I'm very I have there's passion that goes into what I do right and it's very hard for me to just put out something just because it pays a bill rather than mm -hmm. put out something that I love and care about. Like right. everything I do is something that I love. Every event that I did, I cared about the details, the colors, the mix, the match, like every part of it was so important to me. And clients would be like, oh, I love what you did for this party. You could do the same thing. I had to change it. Even if they wanted the same, I had to change it because I just, I couldn't. That was boring. I already did it. It's right. done. Over. I need to do something else now. And, and I knew my thought process throughout was I might not be charging the most that I could be charging. And maybe over time I have learned to do, I did learn to do that. But it was almost like I rather do something that I care strongly about and maybe have less of them or make less money, you know, less parties and make less money if, if it's not like, you know, the run of the mill style, but at least it's not like a copy paste because that like, for me that there's no heart in that. I can't, like, I just can't. Like this is your creative expression. Yeah. Not going to compromise then on Otherwise that. it's just filling my time. I don't right. need to just fill my time. Right. You know, like doing hard laborious work. I don't need to just fill my time. I, there needs to be creativity involved for it to be useful. Back to that person, I asked you about like what you said about your childhood, not because I want to know the specifics, but the way that you explain it. No, you explain it really nicely because what happens is like we live with all of these beliefs and assumptions that we don't even realize that we have. Like for some people, it's the way they grew up. For some people, it's 
the opposite of how they grew up, like a reaction to the way they grew up, you know, maybe what they saw in other people, or they saw like, if my parents are this way and it's not working, like I have to be the opposite or whatever it is. There's so many options of, you know, how our beliefs form, but the common thread is that they're so close to us that we just assume that this is life. Like we don't even think about it. And then, like you said before, when something pushes back, against us and gives us pause. And we're like, this isn't working. This isn't working because we're working on this assumption, this belief that we have that we don't even realize. So when there's like a pushback or a challenge, it's an opportunity to gain awareness of where we're not so clear in our beliefs, where we might be assuming things that aren't true, you know? and assuming things about ourselves that aren't true or being worried about other people's judgment or having ideas about what it means to be a responsible person. Like it, it, it could be in any area. And then a challenge like forces us to get some awareness around where we can make a change because we can think in a different way. We can find a different way to frame it or a different way to understand what's going on. And you know, maybe we need to explore that. Maybe people need to sit with a therapist or a friend or someone else to give them some outside perspective. But having that awareness that maybe we're not seeing things in like a hundred percent truth, and this is what life has to be. And when we can make that shift inside of ourselves, then we can make the necessary external shifts and change the way our life is going. Yeah, and, and just that just made me also think about the point where, like, for example, I was very nervous about doing that same thing where I wouldn't provide or behaving in that same way, right? Where we just keep jumping around and not provide. But then as an adult and with perspective, and like you said, you know, through therapy and different things and learning, you start to learn more about yourself and understand, you know, things in a broader, with a broader perspective. I was able to really learn that I could have qualities that were similar and that it doesn't make me, my situation the same. I right. can take those positive qualities and then work them into my life situation in a responsible way where I feel that it works and it's comfortable and it's a healthy decision rather than like just being an all or nothing, like you're saying, right. and then you know, there's no balance and it's not a healthy decision in the end. And you're not bringing yourself like your real self into your life. If you're trying to be something that you're not. Exactly. Like there's room for everyone to find a balance of being themselves and being the person that they want to be. Right. So when did you um, shift your business? Yes. (laughs) So back to that. So I would say it was about three, four years ago where all this started to like crumble in a sense. So then I I slowed down and then I kept getting into these like low ruts, these ruts where I would feel like really down because life was still busy and I still didn't feel like I was like, I wasn't here. I wasn't there. I'd still, I wasn't, I wasn't gaining. And the longer it was good. Well, like for a good while at first, but then I still started feeling like these kids are getting older and they're more emotionally needy. And if it's not going to be me, then who's it going to be? And what Mm -hmm. is it going to be? You know, God forbid. So I just was like, 
I have to, I have to make a choice here. Like, am I doing this for them? If I'm doing this for them, then it's better if I'm not doing it. Or, you know, it's obviously not helping them. If I'm doing it for the money, then that's not like the end all. Like, is everything about money at the end of the day? That's not like, I just don't want to live like that. I don't want to live as, I I don't want to live as a servant or um, I can't remember the word that I want to say right now, but yeah, subservient to money. Like, it's not a way of living, you know, and I just, I just decided that it was, that's it. Like, I'm feeling this so deeply again. Like, if this is coming back to me again now, and it's have like, weighing on me heavily, then it's time to make a real change. And at that point, I wasn't even, I wasn't really feeling sad about it being over mm-hmm. so much, you know, as much. And I, I actually kept getting these, reading these letters that I had read, like through the, you know, the Igris, the letters of the Rebbe, that kept, they kept talking about happiness, like, you need to be happy, you need to be happy. And like, by the third one, it was like, I already told you that you need to be happy. Like, it was just <laughs> like, so forceful. I, like, like I kept, I, I was almost like I kept trying to look for something else, like a different answer, a different direction. I was like, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. But like, I wasn't deep, like deep in, I was like, there were, I kept pulling myself into these low places, things would happen in the world. And I was very in tune with that and very sensitive to that. And things what happened to others and it just really drew me in and when I saw that at that third point I was like hey that's it like it was like a breakdown moment wow. I just like started crying I was like I know you're right like there's a cooey fooling you know wow. it's so powerful um, so that was a decision and then I just it just like all came together I was like great I'll keep going until it's bar mitzvah and then I'll transition into interior design full-time I was already bar doing that a lot of projects, like I said, and I had studied it when I was single for this in, with this in <laughs> mind that it would be easier to manage right. as a mother with children and a job that could be done. Like I could cut my, choose my hours. I could work when I want to, I could be home every single night when they get home, make dinner, you know, like I don't need to do something that's crazy. Cause I remember at the time I was thinking, should I go into fashion and Back when I was single, it was not a thing like today where every, you know, where, not every, but where a lot of, you know, from women are doing it and it's easy, more easy. It, see, it Back then it seemed like a little bit like, wow, if you get into fashion, like that's a different world. It's not a from world. It's mm-hmm. not a, it's not like a, a lifestyle. Yeah, it's not necessarily a, a lifestyle direction. It's going to be so helpful to me if I want to raise a family and, and have a from religion, whatever, observant lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I did that instead. And it was really obviously a big blessing to have that. And, you know, that's what I've been like, was doing already. So at that point, it was just like a big relief. As soon as I thought that and knew that, I actually just felt very relieved to know that's it. Like, this is what I'm doing. This wow. is the right decision. Here I could be a mother. And, and then COVID hit (laughs) all day Uh, and I didn't have to work. I didn't have to to think about it. And I was like, yes, this is like my stamp of approval. It was like, almost like, here's your permission Mm -hmm. to allow yourself to do what you need to do. And first of all, it's so cool that you like had this backup 
career there the whole time. Like you had this the whole time. And like it sometimes these decisions to make a change or like, I'm I'm like, I'm feeling the relief that you felt like I'm really feeling it because we can get so caught up in whatever is going on. And then like in our, our options look so limited until they don't. And it's like, you can't even force that. Like, can you give someone advice on like making a change? It's like, it has to happen when it has to happen. And just to keep looking inward and keep trusting yourself and just, you know, keep going until you're ready to make this kind of change. Like it had to take this long for you. I don't think you could have done it earlier. That's just my take. Like you did it when it felt so right. Yes, because I, I had started interior design when I was living in New York, when I, after I got married with a friend, and then she moved. So I continued a little bit on my own, but I also just was like, this is not working. This is not what I imagined it would be. It felt very, it felt like I was just going to do whatever the neighbor had. Like, it just it right. felt like a waste of my skills and my talents. And then this happened, you know, organically, the events, and I call it my 10-year detour, because it was really it was absolutely needed to get to this place. Now I needed to build a, a reputation. I didn't know anybody. It wasn't from New York. I don't know people I needed to create some sort of name. I needed to learn how people think I needed to, you know, so all that was, and people need to learn what's, what's my style. Who am I? What can I offer? What do I do? Like, and all that is the 10 years that it took, which was I never feel for a second like it was a waste. I, I loved every bit of it. Every bit of it was a blessing. The hard parts, the easy parts, because they really all led me to the next thing. And I'm, you know, so it's, it was a 10 year detour to get me to this place in its time. Everything, exactly like you said, like everything has its time and it's not meant to happen earlier. Some people feel like maybe they made a mistake. They should have done this. Right. There's no mistakes. Everything is meant to happen. That mistake, was to help you get to this it was I feel like that my whole life like going back to every little thing like I'm always spiraling back hey this led to that and this led to that it's like there's so much blessing and everything like Hashem just sends what you need he orchestrates everything you need it's there's so much to appreciate and to you know to look at as as a gift yeah and I'm gonna make a huge assumption here (laughs) you could tell me if you think I'm totally off but like I wouldn't be surprised if I met you in five or 10 years and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not doing interior design anymore. Like I'm done with, like I'm on to the next thing. And like, like that wouldn't surprise me. And I would also feel so amazing about that. Like some people are in the world to keep exploring and keep inventing and keep showing other people what is possible. Like there's so much opportunity And like, now you have this education for this business that you're doing now, the interior design. And like, this feels like you're calling right now. And like, if it doesn't feel like you're calling in 10 years, like that's totally fine. You know, you can have a new calling. Yeah, exactly. I think the biggest part of that is not worrying about what other people are going to think. Yes. Because it, that's really like, that is the first thing to holding anyone back, you know, like. Someone will say, oh, why did she stop? Oh my gosh, what happened? This, that. Right. Who cares? She stopped because she needed to stop because her family needed her because whatever happened, because there's so many reasons. It doesn't even matter. 
you know, because, yeah. and then people would also say, it's so nice that you could afford to stop working events. And I was like, whether I could or not, it doesn't, didn't really matter. It was what was needed. And I was, everything I'm doing in this world is for Hashem. So here I am, Hashem, I'm, I'm t- doing the steps that I need to, to provide for my family in an emotional place from a healthy, you know, emotional place to give them right. so that they can grow up and be fulfilled and fulfilling people. So you'll just, you got to take care of it. You know, yeah. like it's up why should I have this? Why should I stress about the money? I'll let you stress about it. Right. You know, it was not even a question of like, yes, money, no money. And coming from someone who didn't grow up with money, like you would, I would think like, I should really be like, what's the next plan? What's the next step? But I just, like I learned over the years that everything's from Hashem. So if it's not going to be this job, it's going to be the next job. If it's not going to look like this, it's going to look like something else. Just because it, in my mind, it was supposed to be a certain thing, that doesn't mean, why am I limiting Hashem to that? Hashem could do anything. It could come from the most random thing. So it was yeah. really not any, ever about worrying about providing. It was really just, I need to do what, what I need to do because that's what Hashem wants of me. And, and I really believe that like Hashem speaks to us through our intuition. And like, that's, it's like, well, where's, my, like, I have to make a choice here. Like I do need to be providing for my family. Like some people can be really, really stuck on that. And that's fine. Everyone has their things that feel so real and powerful to them, right. At different times in their life. And if like learning to listen to your intuition, is like, what's Hashem telling me now? Like, what do I need to be doing now? Like, do I need to be focusing on my kids or focusing on an income, like they're both important. And how do you know what to do? So, you know, there's guide, getting guidance from other people, which is really important. And then there's listening to yourself. And like you said, not worrying about what other people think. Like at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself. Like that's what you live with in your head. You live with your own judgment and you don't really live with the other people's judgment. You know, as long as you realize that you don't live with their judgment, you know, if you think that you do, then you do, then you have other people's voices in your heads. But at the end of the day, what's really true is what you think of yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. Just, you know, going into that, obviously I'm not I'm taking away from anyone who feels that they need to provide. I'm not saying I'm such a responsible person by nature. So it's not like me to feel like I don't have to do anything. I'm definitely, I'm still working. I'm just choosing a work that is more suitable to the family lifestyle so that I could be a mother first because that's my first job in this world right now like that's my priority job and it's not taking away from me being creative because I still could do that I'm still finding ways that I could do both without having to compromise in that way but even this sense like thank god my husband has his job and you know that provides my point it was for me is that there's always a way like Hashem will either send it from my husband or he'll send it from me or he'll send it from whoever, you know, like it always comes from somewhere. We're not going to be left abandoned. I have for myself, I've never felt left abandoned, even when it was tight, even when it was like, how are we going to pull out this kind of money all of a sudden? Hashem always sent something somehow is miraculous. Like, you know, I can always look back and be amazed. And I think like, okay, we grew up, we managed, we survived. Here we are today. Right. Like, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Maybe it's not going to be a lot, 
who needs a lot? Why do we all, why do we need a lot? Why is a lot, you know? I tell my kids, like Hashem gives us everything we need, nothing more and nothing less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think faith is like being open to the opportunities of where Hashem is sending you stuff. Like, like you said, different places where things come from, different places where money comes from. And sometimes we're so limited in our view of where it could come from that we're just, we don't even notice the other options for where it might be coming from. So we close ourselves off to them, you know? Totally. I mean, if I could do, if I could put a thing out there, I say, learn Sharvitakan. It's the best thing ever. You know, mm. it's, I mean, I've always like been a much, much more trusting God, believing God type person, but I just recently from in the summer, I started it and I finished like with William Kipper, my first round. And it's just incredible. Like it just, it just reminds you how great Hashem is and like, why are we limiting that greatness? Like, right. why should we limit that greatness? We can do so much and we could have so much if we don't limit it, if we don't decide for Hashem what we should have, you know? Right. So it's such a happy way to live. It's such a calm place to live. It's really amazing. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was beautiful. And I feel like I learned so much from you. Good luck with your new journey. Thank you, and good luck with the podcast. You can co-create this podcast with me by sending feedback and ideas for future episodes to sd at co-create.cafe. That's E-S-T-Y at co-create.cafe or on Instagram at sdraskin. If you like this episode, you can help more people listen to it by sharing it and by leaving a review. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.